Welcome to the Northbound Wealth Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment, tax, or legal advice, or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. So I just released our monthly market recap um, and I sent that out via email to everybody that has subscribed and it's got a video attached to it, which goes through... um, the markets in a voice that's much better than mine. Anyway, um, I do want to put this up on the podcast as well. So I'll go ahead and dive into a review of October. So stocks posted big gains in October propelled by better than expected corporate reports. The Dow Jones Industrial Average Lead gaining 13.95%. The S&P 500 tacked on 7.99%, while the NASDAQ Composite added 3.9%. We've had a few volatile weeks. October opened with a powerful two-day rally, but momentum faded. News that Britain's prime minister had reversed her tax cut proposal helped spark the rally, but the gains were erased on renewed fears of higher interest rates and possible recession. So last, uh, just this week, just a couple days ago, Jay Powell increased uh, the federal funds rate by 75 basis points, which in a previous podcast, I anticipated go 50 basis points in the next meeting. Who knows? He might go 75. We'll wait and see and analyze that as we go. But market volatility accelerated when a higher than expected consumer inflation number sent stocks tumbling in early trading before inexplicably staging a massive reversal that saw the Dow rally 1,500 points from its intraday low. Now, I will say uh, it's hard to explain but it's called short covering and it's a bear market rally. It's a rally inside of a bear market. And you'll see these big impulses to the upside with a lot of amplitude and then a reversion back to the trend, which is a bear market. So down, um, just to put it in layman's terms, earnings spark the rally. Yes, that did happen. So uh, as earnings seasons open mid month, investors put aside worries about Fed policy and recession to focus on how companies fared in the third quarter. By the end of October, 263 companies in the S&P 500 index had reported earnings and 73.4% had topped Wall Street analysts' estimates. Above the 66% long-term average, sales rose by 10.3%, but much of that gain was attributed to the uh, effects of inflation. Mega cap technology names checked in with disappointing earnings for the quarter and provided weak guidance for the months ahead. The news surprised some investors and resulted in lower stock prices. So some of the old economy names uh, began to do well. While the mega caps struggled with declining advertising, poor expense management, and a deceleration in cloud computing growth, some old economy names checked in with quarterly numbers that were above expectations. For instance, in the industrials uh, industry group sector, 
83% of companies reported earnings above expectations compared with 73.4% as an average. This divergence in third quarter earnings between mega cap tech and the old economy names contributed to the wide dispersion in performance between the Dow Industrials or the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ composite or the Qs, <clears throat> the sector scorecard. So all industry sectors notched gains in October with gains in communication services of 67 basis points. For those of you out there, that's 0.67%. Consumer discretionary, 1.11%. Consumer staples, 9.01%. Energy was up 24.97%. Financials were up 11.92%. Uh, Healthcare was up 9.61%. Industrials, 13.89%. Materials was up 8.93%. Real estate was up 2 Technology uh, was up 7.85% and utilities was up 1.94%. This month's going to be busy for investors. First, the market will be digesting another Fed change to interest rates and the outcome of the midterm elections. Investors will also be getting updates on inflation in the labor market, which by the way, the, the report that came out today was better than expected. Uh, the consumer price index is set to release uh, on November 10th, and investors will be anxious to see if inflation is moderating. The uh, producer price index will be released on November 15th, providing insights into the cost pressures producers of goods and services face. In addition, investors' attention is expected to be focused on monthly employment reports and weekly initial jobless claims. Trends in the job markets and wage growth will play or jolts will play a role in the Fed's future decisions about interest rates. So in world markets overseas, uh, markets rebounded in October as political uncertainty in the UK started to get resolved and energy security in Europe improved. For the month, the MSCI EFA index picked up 5.26%. In Europe, Italy rose 9.7% and Germany gained 9.141%. Elsewhere, France tacked on 8.75% and Spain advanced 8%. The UK lagged adding less than 3%. Pacific Rim markets were mixed. Hong Kong dropped 14.72% due to investor concerns following the meeting of China's Communist Party. Meanwhile, Japan rallied 6.36% and Australia advanced 6.01%. Mexico's market advanced uh, and also caught the eye of folks picking up nearly 12%. So the world market recap, um, the Hang Seng China uh, index year to date is down 37.23%. Korea is down 22.97%. The Nikkei or Japanese index uh, that most people track is down 4.18% for the year. Sensex, which is in India, is up 4.28%. Uh, Egypt's index is down 4.82% for the year. Uh, Bovespa in Brazil is up 10.70% for the year. Um, the IPC All Share Mexico index is down 6.29%. Uh, the ASX 200, which is Australia, is down 7.81% for the year. DAX, Germany, uh, year to date, is down 16.56% for the year.
Uh, CAC 40, which is France's index, is down 12.39% for the year. The IBEX 35, which is the Spain's Spain's index year to date, is down 8.69%. The FTSE 100 in the UK year to date is down 3.93%. And the IT 40 Italy index year to date is down 17.17%. Um, that's the world markets. Just to contrast that, as you listen to me read that off, uh, to, to compare and contrast, the S&P year-to-date is down 18.76% through the month of October. NASDAQ is down 29.77% through the month of October, uh, year-to-date, that is. The Russell 1000 down 19.56%, and the 10-year Treasury is up 2.57% year-to-date through the month of October. So, uh as you're comparing that to global markets, the U.S. isn't doing that hot. So we're going to go over some economic indicators, uh, gross domestic product or GDP. The initial estimate of third quarter GDP growth came in at an annualized rate of 2.6%, exceeding economists' consensus estimates of 2.3%. Employment. Employers added 263,000 jobs in September as the unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. Wage growth of 5% in September was below August's gain of 5.2%. So it kind of lightened up a bit, but labor force participation rate slipped to 62.3%. Retail sales, uh, consumer spending was flat in September compared to August, but spending was 8.2% higher than a year ago. Industrial production rose 0.4% in September, while Capacity utilization increased to 80.3%. Capacity utilization was 0.7% above its long-term average. Housing. Housing starts dropped 8.1% in September as higher mortgage rates tempered demand for new homes. We're seeing that all over the place. September's existing home sales slipped 1.5% month over month while falling 23.8% year over year. It was the eighth consecutive month that sales declined. New home sales fell 10.9% while posting a 17.6% decline from a year ago. The median sales price rose, though it remains below the record high of July. CPI or consumer price index increased 0.4% in September. The year-over-year -year increase was 8.2%. Core inflation excluding energy and food, rose 0.6% in September and was higher by 6.6% from a year ago. The annual gain in core prices was the highest in 40 years. Durable goods orders, uh, orders for long-lasting goods rose 0.4%. Civilian aircraft orders led uh, to the six-monthly increase in durable goods orders in the last seven months. The Fed. So minutes from September's FOMC meeting reflected members' concern over persistently high inflation. The FOMC members agreed that additional rate hikes would keep inflation from becoming embedded into the economic landscape that helped prevent greater economic pain in the long run. Several members also expressed worries that overdoing such rate increases might raise the risk of economic and financial market volatility. Well, we just had a, another rate increase this week, actually, of 0.75%. So um, they're still on the path of raising rates. 
and they're not going to stop themselves until they see inflation come down. Hey, this is Brent Foster with your Technical Analysis Market Spotlight, Northbound Wealth Management. Hey, uh, looking at the S&P 500, if you go out to a chart of it, uh, the index itself, not the exchange traded fund SPY or IVV or VOO, but uh, dollar sign SPX uh, typically is what you'll see pulling up the index. Um, I've got, <clears throat> I know you guys can't see this, but uh, I've got the S&P 500 pulled up in candlesticks and uh, in candlestick form. I've got the Bollinger Bands in there. I've got the 200-day average, the 50-day the moving average, the 20-day EMA or exponential moving average, uh, and uh, I've got the full stochastics, the RSIs, which is the relative strength indicators and uh, obviously the MACD oscillator. So I'm able to kind of have multiple studies to look at on a chart. Um, and I am looking at the S&P 500 um, today trading around 37.22. The, that's today, that's like right now. And today is Friday. Um, and then we've got the 200 day moving average sitting at just under 4,100 on the S&P. So we're trading at 3721 uh, currently, and the 50-day moving average is, is basically right above it at like 3,800. And the low that we put in during the month of October was just below 3,500. This is all within the trading ranges that we've talked about for months as far as... Uh, uh, a stock market decline and a, a, a testing of the June lows. We broke through those um, <clears throat> here last month. Then we had a really substantial rally off that low from 30, just below 3,500 all the way up to about 3,900. And then we, and that's above the 50 day moving average. And then we failed it. And now we're on the underside of the 50 day moving average. And so it's really a volatile market for those of you tracking. And so uh, where are we at and where are we headed right now? Um, don't fight the Fed. The Fed um, is signaling that they're going to raise interest rates until inflation um, is kind of starts to come down and they see some, it's going to take some time for that to happen. But um, where we're at right now is we'll probably get a, a you know, some chop, some volatility, maybe a rally into Thanksgiving. Um, and then uh, we'll see what happens in the month of December uh, heading into the end of the year. Uh, it's always It always gets interesting into the end of the year. Uh, we'll also know quite a bit after next week as far as uh, sentiment and politics and what that might mean for uh, the 2024 presidential election and where business and economic sentiment might head after the midterms, um, seeing what happens uh, there will be important to watch and monitor. But the great thing with technical analysis, a lot of times is it cuts through a lot of the noise that's out there um, uh, about 
where people think the market's going to head. So looking at charts, uh, we're still in a bear market, um, bear market within a larger bull market that uh, is, you know, that that's this is the type of chaos and confusion we get during a bear market. We'll get these big up moves for weeks on end, and then we'll get these big, de- you know, declines again and on weeks on end. So it's just a different economy, different market. And um, it's all indicative of what we have anticipated being just a bear market. And we'll all get through this. And it just provides a lot of opportunities for people to take advantage, uh, to deploy cash if into equities at, at lower valuations, and also to rebalance from maybe having some equity exposure and buying some treasuries. I mean, we're looking at the the one to two year treasury notes paying 4%. I mean, it's crazy. <clears throat> we haven't had this environment since pre 0809. So it's been a whole generation of not being able to invest in short duration notes and get a high rate of return. Now, uh, the counter argument to it is like, well, and well, if inflation's persistent above 7%, 8% all the time, uh, then the, and we get a contraction, that's, that's kind of tough too. But I would argue um, we're in a new paradigm as far as asset allocation models and looking to uh, bonds and fixed income for what it's supposed to be, which is fixed income or some sort of uh, stability, uh, not this uh, 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 correlation that uh, stocks go down, bonds go down too. So um, this is a a big shift and I'm excited about it actually. it's, it's getting back to more of a normalized environment as far as stock bond uh, correlations are concerned, which is, which is good. It's going to take some time, though, so be patient. Um, we've, we've got a long-term perspective. Um, we, do, we do pay attention to short-term charts, but um, all of my clients and investors that I tend to work with are long-term investors. So um, stay disciplined in your approach. And... Uh, as always, I'm always here to answer any questions you have. I just kind of talk through the S&P 500. I don't expect everyone to follow what I'm saying. Um, and uh, But if you do want some help with any of this stuff, please give me a call. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have. Enjoy the, the weekend. Get out there and vote next week. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.